Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up in the program, we'll dive into the Aggies matchup with Mississippi State this Saturday at Kyle Field. This game kicks off at 6-15 and yet another critical test for a youthful and continuously improving but still inconsistent A&M football team, but an A&M football team playing a ton of freshmen, redshirt freshmen and sophomores that has won, found a way to finish games and win tight games as won five of its last six. We'll go around the SEC and college football more and be joined this hour by former Bryant-era quarterback at A&M and longtime SEC offensive coordinator Jimmy Wright, ESPN and SEC Network host and reporter Laura Rutledge, and John Harris of footballtakeover.com and the Houston Texans, a regular contributor on texags.com. All that coming your way next on the Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's Razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for just $2 a piece. Now we're cutting the overpriced sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's, one perfect razor, none of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, redeem an $18 shave set trial bundle when you visit harrys.com and use code 8484 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 8484 to redeem our special shave set trial offer. harrys.com, code 8484. Again, it's harrys.com, code 8484. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Hi, Gabe Bach here from Texags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to Texags.com, what are you waiting for? Texags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like Texags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's Texags.com. Back, Gabe Bach with you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and we're joined in studio the next couple of segments by longtime coach 
at Mississippi State, Tennessee. He was a former head coach at Wichita State, spent some time at Texas Tech as well, former quarterback in the NFL and played in the mid-50s here for Paul Bryant before they called him the Bear. Jimmy Wright joins us in the studio. We're all ready to get back after it. This is a, We're going to get back to football, this man. This is a huge game for A&M oh, coming it's up. A and big they all game. get bigger when you keep winning. When, you, when you're, you're playing for something, and what I look at more than anything is for us, if we can beat Mississippi State, be 4-1 in the SEC, we'll either be tied for second or we'll be in second place. Mm-hmm. See, and, and that is huge because in the past we have always lost the next game after we played Alabama except in 2012. So, yes, this is a huge game, and it's against the old Bulldogs. And last year I told you it was a trap game. It's always going to be a trap game when you play the Mississippi State Bulldogs because they've been an underdog for 105 years. Right. I mean, I was there. When we go play somebody, we're always uh, 15 points. The spread is 15 points over us. Were everybody's homecoming? We were, we were invited for the homecoming. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, the kids there, uh, they understand the underdog mentality and they thrive on it. And if you don't put your foot on the pedal right off the bat, a fast start, and let them hang around, they will be like a gnat. Just keep biting you. Just keep yep. getting you. How many years were you in Stark Vegas? Between four and five. Okay. And uh, I loved it there. The uh, I'm not saying the expectations aren't high. I'm not saying that they don't really get after the coaches. If you keep your nose clean, you can stay there forever. <laughs> Mullen could stay there forever. Darrell Raw was there before I went, and he left to go to Washington State. See, yeah, it kind of became a trampoline sort of job. It's a it's a stepping, stepping stone, stone. Mm-hmm. Yep. and uh, it's it's a good place to coach. Dan Mullen has done a fabulous job. Jackie Sherrill, I think has stayed there longer than anybody, I believe. Yeah, Mullen's ten, nine wins away from tying Jackie. Yes. I'm not sure he's going to coach nine more games there. Uh, he may be gone after this year. Just depends on how things go. Yeah. And I hope we're not one of them that yep. helps. <laughs> helps. It's either a twilight job or it's a stepping stone. Yes. Because it was Jackie's last job. It was Emory Ballard's last and job, I wasn't tell it, you, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Dan Mullen does a great job of utilizing personnel. Mm-hmm. Putting people, for example, if you got a weak cornerback, he's going to put Gray number six over there. Yeah, he's not going to go a Gray against Gay Bach, the best secondary guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to put him against the work. Well, we saw it last year. He did that with Fred Ross. That's, they identified you got, a young cornerback over there, twenty six, and just went after him until and forced Chavis to make the adjustment. If you have. If you have a weak linebacker, he's going to run there. Mm-hmm. If if he looks at the field point. and he and if he sees a weak linebacker, if he sees a the defensive, he's not going to run at your best defensive tackle on third and short. Well, see, look, you're you're bringing up great points, and mm-hmm. you can illustrate that with examples like Fred Ross multiple times against DCS last year. Like the first play of the game went for what seventy three to the house. Yep, seventy two, mm-hmm. seventy three, somewhere in there. That's right. First play of the game, who'd they go? They went in the vacated spot with Miles. Miles Garrett, they, they, number forty was the end over there, Gerard Johnson. Yeah, and they went right at him, just bang, right yeah. at him on the first. Garrett play. played very sparingly. Didn't play. He wasn't out there for the first snap, and they went there for a touchdown and that's their mo like you said get a lead then they can run their zone read he's a he's a dang wizard at the zone read they are a team that likes to control the ball time possession in their favor and when you start looking at who the key guy is i mean you don't even have to have a, a college degree to know that number seven is the heart and soul of that team oh yeah he'll rush for 500 he's rushed for 570 something yards He'll, he'll average 160-something yards passing, 80 yards rushing for about 248 yards, I believe, per game. Mm-hmm. He's accounted for 20 touchdowns. He's got nine running, 11 passing. That's right. He is the heart and soul of this team. Mm-hmm. Just like his predecessor. That's right. Dak Prescott. Yeah. And, and uh, if you, gotta, you have got to put the brakes on him. You've got to make life miserable for four quarters. We're going to have to really get after him like we did Austin Allen. 
uh, two years ago in the cotton in at up there at AT&T Stadium when we really got after uh, Austin Allen, and I mean he had blood all over his pants and his arm and his shirt. Yeah, if, if you want to fight Fitzgerald to fight you, and he'll keep getting back up you, off you the mat. You, but if he's got a clean pocket, that's where he becomes more now, accurate because he's only like a 57% pass. He's 59.7% passing. His efficiency is 121.5. Where Here's the deal. He, they average 443 yards, carrying, you know, rushing ball, turnovers, only one fumble in five and seven games, eight interceptions. Right. I mean, excuse seven. me, seven interceptions, mm-hmm. a total of eight turnovers, mm-hmm. and the seven interceptions are by him. See? Yeah, they don't put it on the ground. See, but they'll, yeah, but he's prone to an inaccurate pass. He doesn't fumble the ball when he carries it. It's just been his seven interceptions to make a total of eight. See, yes. and so when you start getting down to their offensive. Uh, their offensive philosophy is to run the ball, keep the ball, keep your offense on the bench, and I'm going to brag about two tight ends that Chavis had better worry about. Number 83 and number 81. Number 83 is 6'5", 280, and he's caught about, I think he's caught about 14 passes and for two touchdowns, and the other kid is like 6'3", 247. Now, Thomas. <clears throat> what they will do is put those two guys, they'll, they ha- they're they looking at the film. And if we take the 4-3 defense and we slide it to the wide side of the field, they will come out and put that tight end to the short side of the field, and he'll block down and pick up the linebacker, and they'll move the 22, <clears throat> number w- uh, Williams, who's their leading rusher with 570-something yards, They'll move him over to the halfback to the right side, and they'll just run the old high school sweep. Yep. Here they come. Around and number eighty-three is one good blocker now. I'm telling you. Yes. And they're not a team that cannot move the ball on on offense now. They're not. They can move it. They average four hundred forty-three yards a game, and they score at a thirty-three point clips. We'll have more with Jimmy Wright right after this on the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. It is the Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and we're back for another segment diving into the matchup with Mississippi State and the big keys to victory on Saturday for the Aggies with Jimmy Wright joining me in the studio. You know, we're kind of talking about this offense again, and I, you know, 13 months since his injury, he's not hurt anymore. And when you're red shirt and you're scout teamer, look, right. when Trey Carson was transferring, he he gave A&M a great – when he transferred here and he sat out his sit-out year, he gave A&M a great look on Eddie Lacy. He right. wasn't Eddie Lacy. He's still not Eddie but Lacy. He gave, a better, he gave the best look we had. Yeah, because Eddie Lacy's a spinner. And yep. Tra- Carson did a really good job of giving them that look going into the 2012 <clears throat> game in Tuscaloosa, and they did a good job against Eddie Lacy. And I'm not saying Blumrick is Fitzgerald, though I think he's faster – I'm not saying he's as good a runner as Fitzgerald or as good a zone read quarterback, but I've got to believe, Jimmy, that they're giving a lot of Connor Blumrick on the scout team at this defense and give them a good look. That's a pretty good trait to have a six-seven guy that can really run it and uh, can throw it better than well, Fitzgerald. It's like you say, uh, Gabe, you want to have the best look on your scout team, either offensively or defensively, to prepare the offense and defense getting ready for Mississippi State or the next opponent. Mm-hmm. And I think Connor is the closest thing besides Kellen Mond, who, who's uh, not on the scout team, but Connor Bloomrick is the best thing that we've got to, uh, to show uh, the different type of plays, the key plays, key running plays that make them average 265 yards per game and him uh, averaging 80 yards per car- per. Uh, game, you know, total offense for him as far as the running game. Yeah, so you think and, I'm on to something. I and, mean, you got a guy there, you might as well use him. And you, you have to, if you really have a good scout team and you got someone that can really uh, copy the guy that's their key runner, <clears throat> like, like Nick Fitzgerald, I think there's certain formations that he does the same plays from. He may change the tight end around a little bit, but He's going to Mullen is going to try to do the same thing with Nick Fitzgerald. He's got to get him going early 
for that team to be a consistent running game because he's the guy, he is the motor, he's the keys, he's everything on that offense. Yeah, against Charleston, Charleston Southern, and they rolled out the ball knowing they were going to win that game. But they ran for 281, they won 49-0. Against La Tech, they ran for 327. Right. And pay attention to the first digit, okay? They ran for well over 200, they beat Charleston Southern. Right. Well over 300, right. beat La Tech. They ran for 285, almost 300 against LSU. They won 37-7. to They smoked BYU by 25 points. They ran for 306. They ran for 282 against Kentucky and won 45-7. to right. Conversely, and these are both road games, tough environments. Road games. Where they did not show up from the first minute, got behind, made Fitzgerald throw, and he couldn't right. throw. He can't throw when you know he's got to throw. Right, he can throw when he's got the run game going too, and they're playing with a lead. Uh, but they ran for 177 at Georgia and lost 31 to three. They ran for 194 at Auburn and lost by 39 points. Didn't even show up to the party because their run game got stuffed. See, that's it. That's see, the point. A and M's got to stop the run. You'll beat them. See, when you look at your stats, there. Same thing I've got over here on this yellow page. Mm-hmm. You look at your stats. You stop their run game. You make him become a passer. Mm-hmm. You make him become Peyton Manning. See, He's in, ha- he can't do that. He, well, I know he can't do it, but you make him try to be right. a Peyton Manning, a pocket passer. What did he do? He's thrown seven interceptions. Yep. See? Yep. And, and it's not that he's a terrible passer. His strength is running the game. His strength, Gabe, is not having second and long, third and long. It is second and four. Second and three. It's third and two. That's where he's at his best. Yep. When he has his run game going, he's about a 65 to 70% passer Mm -hmm. because he can do a lot of easy stuff off of that. That's right. But against Georgia, he threw for 48% Mm -hmm. and two picks. Against Auburn, didn't have the run game there either. 39% passer, two picks. Four of his seven interceptions have come in the Georgia and Auburn games when he did not have the benefit of the run. For Kellen Mond or any quarterback, you can throw Baker Mayfield in that same category. <clears throat> Quarterback's best friend is a running game. Yep, be that himself or his teammates. That's correct. And and if you if you if he like Baker Mayfield is a very good player that can duck and dodge and get out of that pocket and put pressure on a breakdown play and then make a play. Yes. All right. <clears throat> this kid here is a kid that. If he starts to scramble, he will run the football before he throws it now. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Just like yes. in the game against Kentucky. <clears throat> Finally, Kentucky made the adjustment to the short side of the field, put a linebacker and a strong safety over there. He ran the sweep. And <clears throat> what did he do? He cut back, went right where that hole was with no linebacker, and went 43 yards for a touchdown. See? you got to hem him up, I'm yeah. telling you. How about Mississippi State's defense, Jimmy? What do you think about this much-improved defense under Todd Grant? I think that's the proper word you just used, uh, is improved defense. And I also think he's got about five players on defense that have, have really played well. And they, these guys are the leading ones in their tackles and their sacks. <laughs> he's got a number 11 named Harris. He's the leading tackler with 47, uh, 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 a uh, – a linebacker, and he's got number 12. I believe his name is Gray. He's got about 44 tackles. He's a defensive back. McLaren's a defensive back. And then the number one lineman is number 94 Simmons. I believe, Simons, I believe that's the way he pronounces Simmons. it. Simmons. Is it Simmons? Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> and he's got like, Jeffrey a, Simmons. He's got like, I think, three and a half sacks and about uh, 2.5, I think, or something like that for losses. Yeah, but he, you got to double him a lot. Like, he's a guy right. that's way beyond the stats. He reminds me of that All-American uh, nose guard. We, when, we played, when I was at Tennessee, we played LSU. I told, uh, <clears throat> I, I told our de- offensive line coach, I said, oh, no, no, we're not going to turn him loose and him kill Conridge. No way. Well, we need to be double teaming this guy, too. And, and this yes. guy is pretty good now. And, yeah, and if he gets up. cranked up, <clears throat> he'll make some plays. Mm-hmm. And then they also got uh, Ian that made the uh, freshman or made the uh, uh, lineman defensive lineman of the week. Yeah, Montez Sweat. Sweat. Yeah, yeah Sweat. I think he had seven tackles. 
Yeah, he did. He had got behind the line of scrimmage a couple of times too. I had him with seven tackles, a tackle and a half, or a sack and a half, and two and a half tackles for loss last week. And, and so like, he's playing well. He plays right next to Simmons. That's right. And and like the thing that I see is they've got better talent. They're playing a lot more faster on defense. Mm-hmm. The secondary might be their weakest area, pass defense. Yeah, I would say but, that. But I don't really uh, – you, you haven't really seen people just bomb them and, and, and really th- uh, make a lot of yardage back there other than the two SEC teams that's beat them, I believe. You know, it looks like on paper from a talent standpoint that their linebackers are really good, their right. front's really good, and then their secondary susceptible. But they were 120th in pass defense last year and their second this year. Now, what you might say is, but Fromm was a freshman. They played LSU that can't throw it. They played uh, uh, Auburn, who's so-so as a passing quarterback. But Auburn quarterback. wants to run the ball. BYU, <laughs> Kentucky, you know, they're all right. Quarterbacks, yeah. Bankham and, and Steven Johnson. But they hadn't played a great passing offense yet. And frankly, A&M's not a great passing That's offense right. either. Yeah. So, you know, but A&M, I, I think that number's a little bit deceiving. You want to yes. go there? I think A&M, that number's a little bit deceiving on being second in the country mm-hmm. in pass defense for Mississippi State. And uh, to me – Whenever you look at their defense and you look at what they've given up, <clears throat> mainly they've given up only 281 yards per game. I think 127 yards rushing, I think 158 passing. <clears throat> and the thing that, that they have good balance, but I do think that they're not as good as their ranking of number two in the secondary. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright. When we come back, Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network will join us. We'll go around the SEC and college football with Laura next. Headed to Corvallis for Thursday's game, Miss uh, Oregon State and Stanford. Laura Rutledge with us next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. As a business Business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. My son had been injured and he was prescribed pain opiates. No one ever told us how highly addictive these drugs were. My reaction was shock. My son didn't get so deep into the dark, scary woods overnight, and it's no straight line coming back. For parents out there who don't have hope, I realize there's a lot of families that are torn apart, but families can heal. Young people can get better. There's hope and help at drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. It is the 
Tex Ag's Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. We'll go out to the phone line right now and visit with Laura Rutledge of ESPN and the SEC Network. Now you're about to board a you're about to board an airplane. So where are you headed, Laura? Actually going to Corvallis, Oregon. Um, I'm doing the Oregon State Stanford game, and I'm really excited about it on this Thursday because the chance to see Bryce Love up and close, and I really think that. You know, this could be an opportunity for him. I mean, at this point, Saquon Barkley has pretty much solidified the Heisman Trophy. But you never know. I mean, we're only you know basically halfway through the season. Obviously, things could change. And I really think Bryce Love's probably his biggest threat if anyone's going to really catch him. And so Bryce has an opportunity in front of more eyeballs on Thursday to really make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. And what is it like – I don't know how long of a trip that is, like an eight-hour flight from Oregon, from Corvallis, yeah. Oregon, to Jacksonville yeah, I, for the cocktail party. My right. goodness. Well, it's longer yeah, than going to Snook. <laughs> yeah, Snook sounds like a way better option. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I was only going to, like, Paris or something. I think by the time I've been on the plane, as long as I will be that day on, on Friday, it, it'll feel like I've flown internationally. But, yeah, heading to world's largest cocktail party this weekend and, I tell you what, guys, I mean, think about this Florida team, and, you know, they've got two losses in the SEC. They looked pretty bad against A&M, but that was more of a credit to A&M, I think, than anything going on the road and beating a Florida team that, you know, should have maybe had some momentum, although they didn't. And, and now they're in a spot that's sort of similar to where they were last year in the sense that they have two losses in the SEC, and they would love nothing more than to play spoiler to Georgia. So yes. I think there's sort of a mental block for some Georgia fans and maybe even some players going into this. I mean, Georgia's the far and beyond better team. You, you look at them top to bottom. They, Florida can't even really compete with some of the players they have. But Florida does have some talent. And, and I would say that, you know, to me, I, I feel like Georgia's the real deal, but I need to see them dominate Florida to be completely convinced. And that may be a tougher task some people think yeah and florida's beaten them when they shouldn't have beaten them many times at that cocktail party i'm sure you well yeah yeah that predates laura rutledge the florida gator student i promise you that and throughout it too (laughs) now what's interesting here assuming georgia handles its business and handles florida this weekend i wonder what the likelihood because we're now seven days laura next week we're going to be talking about the college football rankings coming out later that night that's what our conversation will be next tuesday when you join us we're seven days from the initial rankings coming out assuming georgia does what it does and bama's on a bye I wonder what the likelihood is. I'm sure Penn State, Ohio State have something to say about that. But I wonder what the likelihood is that the SEC goes number one and number two in the initial playoff rankings. Yeah, a lot of it depends on what happens in that Penn State, Ohio State game. And and I really think that that game is going to tell us so much about what the playoffs going to be at the end of the day. And, and not just because we'll know a little bit more, you know, about the Big Ten, but it just relates to everything else. And so. At this point, you know, we, we may actually have a concrete answer because essentially, in my mind, somebody's eliminated after that game. And I still think Ohio State's a team that could inch its way back in the conversation. They've sort of been quietly over there beating people that really don't matter, so no one's really been paying that close of attention. But Penn State looks to be the absolute legitimate real deal, and so th- this is a real big test for them, but also a huge test for Ohio State. So to me... Yeah, we could see one and two SEC, but we could also see one of those Big Ten teams pop up there, you know, and continue to hold on to that number two spot or, or number three or four. Yeah, I think it really sets up in the playoff era potentially the most chaotic close we've seen because Notre Dame, now they got a <laughs> tough schedule, but they yep. could go 11 and one, and their one loss is who? Georgia in South Bend. And Georgia could play, you know, they could go undefeated up to the, to the day before the playoff rankings are unveiled. Heck, they could beat Alabama, but assuming they lose, they assuming Georgia loses to Bama but goes undefeated, does that loss uh, move them behind Notre Dame even though they beat them, or do, can they afford a loss and stay oh, ahead of Notre Dame? This is so difficult, and I do not envy the committee. And, and Gabe, you know, earlier this year they did the mock selection committee uh, – 
drill there in, in Texas. And it's so hard because you can go in thinking, okay, well, obviously, if Georgia beat Notre Dame, then they deserve to be there. And, you know, maybe they had a close loss to an Alabama team that would be the number one team at that point, potentially. Okay, then fine. That makes perfect sense. Put them in the playoffs. But then you start thinking about it, and you say, well, wait a second. Look at all the teams Notre Dame would have had to beat to get to that point. USC, NC State, I mean, it, you know, the list goes on and on. And if they're, they only lost one game, it's, it's going to be tough. I think a lot of it, if it really does come down to that scenario, a lot of it would matter on the score in that game and really the eye test in the game. And the committee can look at that, and that's why we have a committee. You know, They could look at that and say, well, Georgia didn't yeah. look competitive in that game, and, and Notre Dame it finishes it in a dominant fashion. Um, or you know, maybe Georgia only loses by three points or something. And then you're, you're in a scenario where you say, okay, that was close enough that this is a team. But the other thing, too, that, that I think the committee may consider, or at least I could imagine this being brought up as a discussion, they don't want two teams from the same conference in there. And so that factors in as well, and that could also play in Notre Dame's favor. Uh, Laura, uh, this is Jimmy. and uh, The things that you're talking about, you and Gabe, is going to happen for the next eight or ten years. It's called chaos, and they <laughs> will always have that. Uh, in, until they make eight teams, until they pick eight teams to be in the national picture, it will come, I hope, before I'm 90. And, <laughs> and uh, I think there'll be eight teams in there. But until they do that, you and Gabe will always be talking about yeah. the, the, bottom, the, the mm-hmm. number five, six, seven, and eight. Can they get in there, and can there be two teams from the SEC? Now, when they pick eight, we will have two teams from the SEC in the national picture. I think it's a good point. The day they change starts yes. to happen is the day the SEC gets two teams and in the And that may be playoff. the day that Nick Saban is commissioner of the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and guys, you know, it's funny because we always try to nail down the college football playoff committee on whether or not Bill Hancock, the chairman, and whether or not – they would expand, and they always say they don't want to expand because they want to keep it exclusive to the four teams. But it, it would be so fascinating if they did decide to expand and open up opportunity. One thing I would say, though, Jimmy, I think we might still have chaos because then you've got, you know, the 9, 10, 11 teams that make it in. It really would become just such a conversation of everybody having a chance. I even point to baseball, you know, with the expansion of the – the uh, wild card play-in game, that's created so much hope and, and changed the entire complexion of baseball and you yep. know the second half of the season because people feel like, hey, well, we might be able to play ourselves into the playoffs. Absolutely. Hey, before we let you go, Laura, I know you got to hit, hit the road here and head to Corvallis, but give me your helmet stickers for the week. Helmet sticker number one, since we're talking about them, and, and this is something that I, I really would not have thought I would have said at the early part of the season, but Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, I mean, golly, what, what they've done, I really thought this would be a way more competitive game. and uh, They just slaughtered USC and continue to look dominant. So Brian Kelly uh, deserves a helmet sticker. And then I, I want to give one to Alabama. And, you know, it's just because Alabama <laughs> can't control their schedule, but they have still been able to dominate teams. And I think – you know, we would have seen a lesser team kind of fall off at some point uh, in the season. They might win games. But we've seen Alabama do that before where they've played people pretty close. This team just seems to be so disciplined that uh, even though they are playing lesser competition, they are they are dominating. The only one that they didn't is A&M, which I really think speaks to A&M's talent and uh, probably A&M's chance at potentially being maybe the second-best team in the West. We can talk about that more next week. But yeah. I'm, I'm starting to buy in big time on that. Uh, they've got to beat Mississippi State and, and set themselves up well against Auburn, but that could be a thing. And then my other one, um, who did I have? Well, you got to think about, oh, I know, Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Uh, he was sort of left for dead after losing to LSU. People are so, you know, snapshot week by week. Oh, oh yeah. you know, this, this guy's going to get fired. This guy is terrible. Okay, well, he went into Arkansas and, and did not take his foot off the gas pedal, and I, I was impressed with the way that game was, I don't, you know, say what you want about Arkansas, but they have played some teams closer at times this year, and they're, they're sort of a mess. But that was an opportunity to really exert his will, and he did that. Our thanks to Laura Rutledge. We'll get John Harris's breakdown A and M and the Mississippi State Bulldogs Saturday at six fifteen. You can watch this game on ESPN. John Harris will give his breakdown next. 
how AM will attack the Bulldogs when the when Mississippi State has the football with Nick Fitzgerald in that running game, what they do defensively, and how Kellen Mond and the offense could attack that. We'll do that and more with John next on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's dive into the matchup again with AM and Mississippi State and more with John Harris of footballtakeover.com and a regular contributor. He's also working for the Houston Texans and a regular contributor with us at Texags.com and on our local show, Texags Radio. John Harris with us. Your thoughts on this matchup with a Mississippi State team that looks to be much improved. Remember, they were 5-7 and seven and got to a bowl game against, what, Miami of Ohio or something, almost lost it, but that yeah. was on APR. They're much better, Todd Grantham, defensively, and a year older, year wiser from Fitzgerald. What do you see from them, and what do you think of this matchup as they come into Kyle Field Saturday? Well, I'll tell you this, Gabe. I think this game comes down to one thing. Offense, defense, special teams, I think it comes down to one thing, and that is shutting Nick Fitzgerald down running the ball. Yep. That's it. You shut him down, and you force him to have to throw the football. What Mississippi State has lost this year, it is not in large part because Fitzgerald has not been able to throw it well, but that's been a contributor to the loss. You've exactly. got to force him to have to throw the ball and throw it effectively. And then – when you take that run away from him, and I, and I mean, what was it, the first play last year where yes. he goes 80 yards, 75, 80 yards with it, on the very first play, and that set the tone for what he was going to end up doing that day. Now, Fitzgerald can throw the ball. He can throw it. But he doesn't always do it effectively and efficiently. And I think if you take away the run and all he has really to contribute to the game is his throwing ability, then – you've got an opportunity to beat them. What you cannot let them do is have him as a dual threat. Then you really can't draw a beat on what he's doing. And is it pass, is it run? And then all of a sudden he catches you looking for a run, and it's a pass, catches you looking for a pass, it's a run. You've got to take away his run game. Make him, make him pull it, or make, I'm sorry, make him give it every single time. Make him pitch it if they're running option. You get the ball to number seven's hand every single time time you limit what he can do as a runner and that goes for when he scrambles too when he drops back to throw make him throw it don't get stupid attack him and this is where the Texans and Aggies are similar this week facing Russell Wilson Russell can beat you throwing the football I don't think Nick Fitzgerald can beat the, the Aggies throwing the football but he can get out of the pocket and make scrambles and once he's scrambling all bets are off so don't allow him to do that don't allow him to create off schedule. Force him to have to make plays through the air. If you do that, you've got a great chance to win. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And can you? I know Georgia did. Like They limited them. In their five wins, Mississippi State has run for 296 yards and 6.2 yards a clip. In their two losses, they've run for 186 as a team and 4.4 yards a clip. And in those two losses where they couldn't run the ball, that was – both on the road at Georgia at Auburn they didn't show up to the party at all and got smoked and a big reason why is they did it they did exactly what you're talking about uh proof that it can be done not just slow him down but shut him down him and Aries Williams and when you do that he's got to go be a quarterback to beat you and he was in a unable to do that we're talking like 30 to 40 45 percent passer in those games with multiple interceptions in each of those games but the answer is, I guess the key to it is, yeah, that's what you got to do. Can A&M and an improved run defense not just slow him down but shut him down Saturday at Kyle Field? Yeah, I don't think there's any question, Gabe. I think the run defense, uh, the defense overall has played well. But, look, it's funny because when we talk about run defense, a lot of times we think about just the front seven. Yep. And when we talk about pass defense, a lot of times we think about just the secondary and maybe the linebackers. But in all honesty – when it comes to stopping the run, it's a team defensive concept. I mean, how many times do we see Armani Watts getting up into the line of scrimmage and yep. and making plays in the line, at the line of scrimmage? I mean, that's something that 
that needs to continue to happen. And last year, you know, they're playing two safeties high, and Nick Fitzgerald, um, he ends up, you know, breaking the – you break one tackle by Armani Watts, he gets a block. Or no, I think he broke a tackle up front, uh, and then nobody was in position, and before you know it, he's gone, he's out the gate. And right. it's a touchdown, and A&M is beyond the eight ball. Now, you mentioned Georgia. You mentioned Auburn. Those are two of the best defenses in the country. Can A&M rise up on that level? I think A&M is playing at that level. Now they've got to do it, and they've got to be disciplined. And that's the one thing. When you call it the bye week, you're chomping at the bit. You want to get on our field. You want to do. You want to. Uh, you, you know. You want to make a play. What you've got to realize is every single play is just doing your job. The coaches are putting you in good positions. I think the tackling at times has not always been where it needs to be, and I think some of that is just guys not getting there and wrapping up. They're throwing a shoulder in a guy, but there, there have only been you know small periods of that. For the most part, they've been really good about tackling this year, and they've got to continue that. But this is a team defensive concept. The corners have got to come up and do the things that they've got to do and contain, secondary contain. The safety's got to fill in the right alleys. The linebackers got to make sure that they're responsible for the proper gaps. They've got to make sure that Fitzgerald, when he does carry the ball, that they exact a punishment on him. And every single time a Mississippi State ball carrier is out and about, there have got to be three, four, five Aggies on defense around him. Because eventually somebody's going to miss a tackle, and you've got to have three or four other guys there to clean it up. Thank you, John. When we come back, we'll look at the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games against the spread. Players to watch for A&M and Mississippi State, the most dangerous players for Mississippi State, and some keys to the game. We'll even pick the game and the score when we return as we close out the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to GEICO. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, GEICO retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's Razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for just $2 a piece. Now we're cutting the overpriced sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's, one perfect razor, none of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, redeem an $18 shave set trial bundle when you visit harrys.com and use code 8484 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com code 8484 to redeem our special shave set trial offer. harrys.com code 8484. Again, it's harrys.com code 8484. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. 
When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's close the show first by going down the SEC and looking at the spreads and the game times and the networks and pick these games against the spread here real quick. Arkansas at Ole Miss, 11 o'clock on the SEC Network. Rebels favored at the time of this recording by three and a half points. I think Ole Miss scores. They are, uh, you know, they're banged up with with Patterson, but Ta'amu did a pretty good job in that backup role. Patterson's out for the year, uh, but Arkansas is Kyle is Austin Allen going to play? Frank Ragnow, their best player, he's out for the year. I don't see a lot of talent over there. It's on the road. Arkansas has very little to play for. Ole Miss has nothing to play for, but they've got some playmakers out there in the passing game. I think the Rebels, because it's at home, win. It'll be pretty close, maybe a touchdown game. Number three, Georgia at Florida, 230 on CBS, the old world's largest outdoor cocktail party. They don't want you saying that anymore, but, boy, it's got to be a fun time in Jacksonville. Bulldogs favored by 14, I think, they cover. Crazy things happen in this rivalry, so there's reason to think that it could be a close one, a tight one, and maybe even the Gators pull off an upset. I just think Florida's best players are hurt or or they're uh, suspended. Georgia's rolling right now, and I don't think it'll matter. Georgia wins big, three-touchdown win for the Dogs. Uh, Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Three o'clock on the SEC Network. Game, Gamecocks favored by a touchdown. I think they cover that. <laughs> Vanderbilt's kind of come back to earth after a, a hot start. They're not nearly as good a defense as people gave them credit for early, and Jake Bentley takes advantage of that. South Carolina can score. Vandy can't. And I like South Carolina in this one to win and cover that seven-point spread. Missouri at UConn, 5.30 on CBS Sports Network. Tigers favored by 12. UConn won last week. It's on the road. Long trip up to the Northwest. I think UConn in the points, but Missouri wins the game. Tennessee at Kentucky, 6.30 on the SEC Network. Wildcats favored by five. They're at home against Tennessee. Let that set in. Kentucky is favored by five points against Tennessee. Tells you where Kentucky is a little bit, but it really tells you where Tennessee has fallen. They may be the worst team in the league this year, and that's saying a lot. 6.30 on the SEC Network, and I think Kentucky covers that, wins by about a touchdown, and that leads us to Mississippi State at A&M. This is darn near a pick You might get one point uh, if you're – it might be Mississippi State by one if you look in certain places, but I'm looking at this like a pick Even spread, 6.15 on ESPN – I think the Aggies win. Your players to watch them. You can go down and pick almost anybody. Eric McCoy against Jeffrey Simmons is a heck of a matchup in there in the trenches, the center for A&M. You got to get Kellen Mond going. You got to get the run game going, too. Christian Kirk has been a little slow of late. Get you a deep threat on the outside. Ratley's been that. So, I mean, you're talking about a bunch of guys. Ultimately boils down, can A&M run the football in Mississippi State? Which that would give Mon the help he needs. He's been able to do it the last two weeks by himself, essentially. That would open up Kirk a little more. So I'm going to go the Ford-Williams combination at running back, which also involves the offensive line winning the battle up front. And if A&M can run the football, that'll make life so much easier on Kellen Mon Defensively, I'm going to think it starts in the trenches as well. Defensive tackles. Henderson and Kiki but at the same time outside containment is so important here if you get sucked in uh, Nick Fitzgerald will eat you alive between the hash and the numbers and on, on the outside on that perimeter in that zone read game so Johnson and Durham so vital you know you can think up the middle here defensively but I think those ends are playing a vital role in that Johnson has got a lot to play for because he was on that snap where Nick Fitzgerald last year on the first play from scrimmage ran about 73, 74 yards to the house for a touchdown. And Mississippi State really never looked back. He was playing for Miles Garrett in that game, and Fitzgerald ran to the vacated spot without Garrett there, and it was a touchdown. And it just kind of set a really ominous tone for that day in an 11 o'clock game. This will be a night game at Kyle Field. State is a much 
better home team than road team. So I think I like A&M in this game. But Johnson and Durham are going to have to play well defensively. I mean, you could go up and down the list, too, on this one. Uh, most dangerous for Mississippi State, certainly Nick Fitzgerald. He's got a running back now in Aries Williams. They've got a guy on the outside who's a good number two. I'm not sure he's an ace in Donald Gray. Look out for him. And then up front, Je uh, Jeffrey Simmons is a nose extraordinaire. This guy's going to be a first-round pick. He's a true sophomore and a really good player. Montez Sweat's a, a transfer guy after getting booted from Michigan State. Good player on the outside. Had a big game last week um, against Kentucky. Had two and a half tackles for loss and a sack and a half. So watch for him on the outside. Green and Lewis at linebacker. They got a good front seven. So my keys to the game, number one, slow down Fitzgerald in the run game. You hold the Bulldogs under 200 yards, you'll win the game. They've been held under 200 twice, both of them on the road against Georgia and Auburn. They weren't even close. They, they didn't show up to the party because they couldn't run the ball. You do that, you're going to win the game. This is two teams uh, that really desperately need to run the football to have – the their offense as high octane as it can possibly be but if you do that you, then that leads to the second key you force Fitzgerald to have to win it with his arm and then you pressure the daylights out of him blitz him hit him send Kyle Field into a frenzy and don't give him time to operate or even consider scrambling I think uh, if A&M can put some pressure on him but it starts by making him throw the football and getting into passing situations playing from behind too so that leads to the third key start fast Kyle Field will erupt if A&M gets the early lead and builds some momentum. The Bulldogs are not a good road team, and they're not a good team playing from behind. All right, They could wither in an environment like Kyle Field's going to be on Saturday night. Number four, Kellen Mond. He's got to go to work early. He's been able to figure it out as the game goes along and make something happen late, but there's no time to sit back and let the game come to him, really. He's got to force the action with a run pass early and put pressure on that state defense. Number five, find a running game. We talked about that a minute ago. Both uh, you, you, the running game's been lost for several weeks here, and they need it to return, so Mon does not have to do it all by himself. And speaking of not doing it all by himself, it's time for Christian Kirk, A&M's best player, A&M's All-American, to show up to the party. It's not been a lack of effort, but other teams have been able to take him out. you got to get him involved and put it in his hands. Be creative, force it to him, hand it to him. He's a home run waiting to happen anytime, and the offense has been stagnant of late. So is he. So it's time to get him going. I think if you get him going, you'll get the offense going. And number seven, do what you've been doing in the Banks era, dominate on special teams. A&M controlled the third phase of the game against both Alabama and Florida. Mississippi State is a very solid special teams unit. They had missed a field goal this year. They blocked a couple of kicks. But you got to go out there and own the special teams department like you've done all season long. All right, my score a&M in a tight one, 27-24. This game will be in the 20s, I believe. I think it'll be tight. Kyle Field ultimately will be the difference. And I think A&M will slow down, not stop, but slow down Fitzgerald enough on the ground to force him to have to win it with his arm. And I think in those situations, he becomes very human. Okay, He's a very good player, though, if they got that run game. Uh, going like like they like to do under Dan Bolton. So I think the Aggies will win it by three, and we'll be back next week to talk all about that. And looking forward to another game against Auburn at Kyle Field the following week. Gabe Bach with you. Our thanks to Jimmy Wright, Laura Rutledge, John Harris, our producer Dalton Hughes and Ronnie Woodard. Both produced this show today. Appreciate you tuning in. You've been listening to the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.